do now is return our attention to our discussion of ABAP objects. And there was a handout that was circulated with your uh, sign-in sheet today that uh, had a object-oriented ABAP code sequence on it that we will continue to work with. But it's a little bit different than, um, and I just noticed vehicles misspelled here, so I'm going to fix it. Um, you might want to pen correct yours, which is based on this. Yes. Yes, ma'am, Diamond? Uh, there's somewhere, so yeah, I'm sure there are. They just haven't made their way there to you. All right, anyone else need one? All right, so we will continue working with this particular uh, structure here over the probably the next couple of class periods here. Let, let's just take a moment here and review by way of looking at this code here. We are creating a class capable of storing information about a vehicle, including characteristics of that vehicle and characteristics about uh, the driver of said vehicle. When we think of this idea of defining a class, um, and I try and avoid words like defining and implementing, when we think in terms of creating a class, we actually have two sections. We have a definition section, and then we have an implementation section. And they go together. You really can't have one without the other in, in most instances. You definitely can't have an implementation without a definition. And so in the definition section, this is where we are going to put type definitions, constant definitions, definitions of attributes, and eventually we will see here definitions of, of methods. The definition section is divided into two blocks, a public section and a private section. And the difference here is all about visibility. And as opposed to going into that in great detail, this is something that I'm just going to hope you're familiar with from other object-oriented programs you have written. But the idea here is that things that are public can be seen by other objects in our program and potentially interacted with directly, whereas things that are contained in the private section are hidden from things external to our class and our objects, and therefore the only way that other entities can interact with these things is through things that we do make available for them to interact with, such as methods that might be public that would allow them to retrieve or modify private attribute or other similar information. And so in this example program I've given you here, you see that in the public section, we defined a driver struct, which allows us to store the name, age, and number of years a particular driver has been driving. And then I create just a normal type. Just This is just to illustrate the kinds of things we can do here uh, called MPG type. Uh, which is just of type P length three decimals two. Um, and then as my attributes, I create two attributes. And so it, it's definitely important for us to note these are, these are now attributes of the, of the class here, driver and vehicle type, where driver is a structure. We can have a structure as an attribute, and vehicle type is of string type. You will note that I employed one of the things that uh, we 
want to avail ourselves of that ABAP provides, which is the ability to designate a public attribute as being read-only. And the rule of thumb here is, if you're going to make an attribute public, the majority of the time making it read-only should go with that. I would be very, very cautious of making an attribute public and, and not declaring it to be read-only because we're violating the uh, data integrity and data security model associated with object-oriented programming if we don't lock that down. Yes, sir. Max. That's your other choice. And, and you'll notice that in this example here, I did put a lot of data elements, attributes here in the private section. So at least the thinking here might be that other programs might want to see the driver. That would be something that they pretty commonly would want to look at. And so I'm just going to make that publicly available. This program is a good example of where if I were writing this um, apart from ad, ad, something we're doing here together, I might either put everything as public read-only or everything in private, but here we're kind of mixing it up a little just so you can see how that would work. Okay? Other questions? All right, now we left off last time with talking about um, things related to parameters and methods. And I kind of, what's ironic here is I went back to make the video of our class session and discovered that, and it was really bizarre, my microphone apparently ran out of power. Huh, it's interesting, my microphone is showing signs of running out of power again today. Uh, apparently my microphone does not like ABAP or something, I don't know. It's, it was charging all weekend, that's kind of concerning. But anyhow, my microphone ran out on this slide. So when I went to like go back and see what I said and if I, what I had said that might have not been wrong, I had no audio to go with it. So my decision is let's just start this slide over again. And, and if there's anything that I say differently today than I said before, um, let's, let's make sure that we, we talk about that. And I think that everything on the slide itself is correct. It's just that when I, when I was speaking things to you, I believe I made a mistake in describing the distinction here associated with parameter passing. So I want to just set up by saying this. You're going to see some things before we're done. Maybe today, maybe not till next week, related to the way ABOP handles methods that I guarantee you will be different than you've seen in any other programming languages. So we're starting to see some things at this point that already are a little bit different, but things are going to get a little bit even more different before we are done. So it won't be until we get to the punchline, if you will, before you'll understand the significance of some of the things here. All right, so we talked about the fact that we have different parameter passing modes. And the mode we are starting with here is a parameter that is importing. It is very important to realize that when we talk about importing, we are talking about this from the perspective of the method. Okay, so the method is thinking in terms of taking things in. It's very important to realize that perspective though. 
because it will shift when we start talking about calling this method. But when we define the method parameters, we think of importing as this is data coming into this particular method. So as it says here on the slide, this is used to transfer data to a method. It may be designated as optional, which you'll notice that here I have done with var1 type I, the user could leave that empty. Now you might say, well, how does that affect the way we call this? I'll show you that later. But for now, just understand that conceptually, var1 is in fact something that the user does not have to specify value for. I could pair that with syntax that's not shown on the slide here. I could say importing var1 type I optional default seven, which means that if the user doesn't supply a value, var1 is set to seven. But if the user does supply a value, that is what's used. So it is very, very common to see optional and default put together. The distinction is if it's optional and there's no need for me to specify a a default value, I, I don't incorporate that clause. But before we are done working with methods, you will see the great value in specifying a, a default value here. So use to transfer data to a method may be designated as optional, may have a default value specified. Value of parameter may not be changed in the method definition. So we talked about this last time. The system is actually going to enforce this. And when we actually start writing some methods, we'll try and violate this and, and see what actually happens. But this is something that can be checked at the time of coding. If I designate var1 as being importing, and then in the method definition I say var1 equals 7, that's problematic because now I'm trying to modify it. It's because we're using the importing keyword. Now, here's where my slide is correct, but I misspoke last time. At least I believe I did. Parameters are passed by reference unless designated passed by value. Okay, let's talk about, first of all, the syntactical element of this. Var1 is passed by reference because that's the default mechanism. Var2 is passed by value. And the way I know it is passed by value is because the keyword value here, and then in parentheses, the name of the, of the parameter here, the name of the data object. So if I do not specify value, I am getting passed by reference. What is the difference between passed by reference, passed by value? Pass by value, a copy is made. Pass by reference, no copy is made. All right, let me repeat that again. Pass by value, a copy is made of this value. Pass by reference, the code will operate on the original. Now you might say, why would I ever want to use value particularly because it carries with it the copying overhead. And we said that importing already is not allowed to change it. So it's not like we have to pass it by reference because we want its changes to be permanent. Why do we have to specify or why can we specify value to get it to make a copy? And the answer to that is you are going to see 
some applications in the future where a method has to be defined with an interface where the parameters are passed by value because of other requirements of the ABAP language. So in most situations, if you, particularly for importing parameters, wanted to say, you know, I don't want the overhead of making a copy, let's stick with the original, and beyond that, um, you know, we don't need to, we're not going to change the value because of the requirements of importing, I'm just going to use default pass by reference. That's a good default way of thinking. With, with importing, you would only use value in those situations where you have a really good reason to do that, and we haven't talked about what those reasons would be yet. Okay? Questions? All right, so this is something that we would see in the definition. All right, so let's come back to our our code over here. And, and the point of this is the only thing that goes in the definition is the keyword methods, the name of the method, the interface, and that's it. Okay? So we don't have the guts of method one defined in the definition. That will show up later. Okay, so let's go back to the program that I gave you by way of hard, co hard copy here. And, and in our public section, uh, let's put in a, a method here. All right, so uh, I start this off with the keywords methods. And I have pre-written some of these. So uh, here's one. I, I have down here as a private attribute seats, which the idea is how many, how many seats does this vehicle have? Can it seat four people, six people, whatever have you, okay? So a very common method that we might see that would match up with importing would be this, a set seats method. So methods, set seats, importing, and, and what would I be importing here? the number of seats, right? So I could do importing num seats type i. And I'm done. Okay. Questions? Um, methods. I always like to put this in capital letter here. Methods. Um, set driver importing. All right, now the driver, we have to cover everything here that is part of the driver struct. Okay, so I'm going to import, and just for the sake of clarity, I'm going to do this importing new name type string, age, type I, years driving, type I, period. Now notice a couple things here. Let's do a syntax check.
okay, I'm getting an error because I haven't written the implementation yet, but I think we're okay. Um, it's kind of interesting that it didn't complain about missing the implementation for set seats. It jumped to set driver, but both of them have that same problem and that I have not yet written the definition for them, which we'll come back to. Notice a couple of things. Um, you see this with set driver. Notice my parameter list here. What's notable about those guys? I'm going to unhighlight it. There's no comma between them. There's just white space between them. Um, and I like to do what I've done here, which is put them on a separate line to make it clearer. But there's no requirement that I do that. They could be listed just one right after the other. Okay. Um, and I suppose to be consistent with what I did with name, I really should make this new age and, and new year's driving. Okay. Now, um, we don't really have a full spec that we are working from here, but, but I could do this. I could say um, the age is optional. And if the user does not pass me an age, then we will make the default age zero. And in fact, when we do this, optional gets key, killed off because default implies optional. So here's what I could do here. In this code, let me do a syntax check here. Make sure it only complains about not having written the implementation. So what I have done here now is the user has to give me a new name or at least I'm expecting them to. The new age is optional with a default value of zero. And as I observed, if, it, if we specify a default value, that implies it's optional. The other alternative is to specify a parameter as optional and not give it a default value. Now, as you look at this, you might say, why would you want to make one of the, why, why did you handle it this way in this code we're looking at right here? And it's just to illustrate this, okay? I would either probably do default for both of them or optional for both of them, but we're mixing and matching here just for the sake of, of being illustrative, okay? There are undoubtedly other methods that I could write and may come back to at some point in the future to write this, but, um, these are two good ones here for us to, to start with. Questions? All right, so I'm gonna save this, and we have talked about importing parameters. Next type of parameter is exporting. Exporting are data, remember the term is always thought of in terms of from the methods perspective. So now the method is going to be exporting data back to another part of our program, or more specifically, to where the method was called. So the way this works is there will be a parameter specified in the interface. At the end of the method, that value of that particular variable will be what is sent back to the other part of the program. Now, 
export parameters are always optional by default. Okay? So this is, in other words, this is a way of saying the user doesn't really have to catch the value I'm sending back to him or her. Export parameters are always optional. The intent is for the incoming value of the parameter to not be used, but notice that is not system enforced. So before we look at code here, uh, where would we tend to use this? Well, anytime we wanted the, the object to send us data um, and we don't we don't have to give it any data for it to return data to us. For example, if I wanted a, a typical getter method where I say, give me the name of the driver and here's a variable for you to put it into. Give me the name of um, the driver, how old he is, and how many years he's been driving. And here are three variables for you to put that data into. That's the scenario where we would use exporting here. Now, what I am illustrating is a method that now has both importing and exporting parameters. Now obviously I can have a method that just has exporting, but I could also have a method that has importing and exporting put together. So let me show you two examples here of this. The first one is I have a, a private method here called num 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 wheels okay so um, or we were doing this with seats a second ago so let's stick with seats here I'm going to add a methods called get seats and that method will exporting uh, num seats type So this is a method that when it is done, it will be setting the value of num seats to an integer and the logic of this is it's, it's going to actually give me back the current number of seats for this vehicle. Why would I ever have a importing and exporting? Well, here's a method that we wrote a second ago, at least we defined the interface of it, for set driver which allows the user to say, hey, here's the new driver. Suppose I wanted to do this, methods swap driver. And, and here's the idea. I want to give this method a new name, a new age, and a new year's driving for it to take that and put that as the driver of this vehicle. But I want it to send back to me the name, the age, and the year's driving of the former driver. Okay, so it's going to take my data, make it the driver, and take the data that was there before and send it back to me so that I, I can look at that and, and see who the former driver was. So now we have a mixture. So I have importing, and the first part of this could look exactly like this up here because we're going to import a new name, a new age, and a new year's driving but we're going to be exporting and I'll just to make it clear here we're going to be exporting the old name type string the old age type I and the old years driving 
type I, period. Now notice in this instance, and let me once again do a syntax check to make sure I have not mistyped anything. In this instance, notice that I do not have anything here designated as, as optional. And that's because um, it, it's kind of implied. If the user doesn't want to catch these values or the user doesn't want to do anything with these values, they don't have to. So I don't put that keyword there, even though optional is implied in this situation. So does everybody understand the design intent and, and what's going on here with the, the code we have written so far? Nope. Oh, so it's all, this is all the interface of one method, importing and exporting. Yes, sir. Uh, how, how does the method that's where we're going to have to see, and that's where this gets weird. Okay? But for right now, let's just focus on this part of it. We'll get to that probably here in a few minutes. Questions? Please ask questions. This is inherently, this is maybe, once we get past this, I think it's fair to say this will be the last confusing thing we do this semester. But this, this can be pretty confusing, okay? Questions? Uh-huh. All of these are parameters that we are going to, when we call the swap driver method, we're going to have to associate variables with these. And you'll see how that works. But yeah, the idea here is I'm going to be passing it a new name variable. Uh, I'm going to be passing it a new name stored in a variable. I'm going to be passing it a new age stored in a variable if I want to. I don't have to because that's the default value. I'm going to be passing it a new year's driving if I want to in a variable. It will also give me the ability, if I want to, to catch the old name, to catch the old age, and to catch the old year's driving into variables on my own. But whatever variables I give on the caller side for name, age, and year's driving, it's not going to do anything with it other than use it as the return mechanism. And I really like to think of this in terms of like boxes in a wheelbarrow. Okay, importing, I'm putting data in boxes in a wheelbarrow and driving that wheelbarrow over to the method and saying here's the data for you to use. Exporting is akin to me saying here are three empty boxes. Please fill these up with data and give them back to me is what it's going to be doing here. Okay? What's that? Let me draw a picture of a wheelbarrow. Yeah, I remember drawing the wheelbarrow. It's one of my skills I could draw a wheelbarrow. Yes, sir. Well, notice the 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 only things that are optional are the age and the years driving. I'm going to have to give a, a new name. 
So the idea is I, I might say, I want Bob to be the driver of this car. I don't know his age. I don't know how many years he's been driving, but make Bob the driver. And I call it in that fashion. Or I could say, let Sue be the driver. She's 35 years old, and she's been driving for 20 years. And, and so I have the flexibility when I call this of deciding what I'm going to pass and what I'm not going to pass. Yes? See, now we're getting to the guts of the code in swap driver. All we're doing right now is specifying the boxes. In a second here, we're going to have to turn our focus into how we unpack the boxes and process the boxes on the receiving end, okay? Which is the very, you know, we got to cover one more thing and then that will be our next stop here. There's one more type of parameter and that is changing. Now changing is kind of like a combination of the above. We are going to pass it valid data and it's going to change it and pass that data back to us. The pass to method for use, the method can change it. it, it has permission to change it, and it may be designated as optional and may have a default value specified. Now, if you're asking me, why would we make it optional and why would we specify default? At this point, I'm just saying it's possible. But let's focus on the logistics of changing. Um, one of our variables here is fuel avail, okay? And you'll also notice we have fuel capacity. So I'm going to add a new method here methods. I'm going to call it fuel up. So this is the equivalent of us going to the gas station. And here's the way the logic of this is going to work. And I'll type it out in the, as a documentation here. Uh, changing fuel type I, period. Okay. So fuel on the way in will be amount of gas we just bought. Fuel on the way back to us will be the um, total amount of gas in tank currently. All right? So here's my method, and the idea is we metaphorically pull our car up to a gas station and I tell it, we just put five gallons in you. So I pass it the variable fuel holding the value five. And I want to know how much gas that means I have in the tank now. So it's going to set the value of fuel to the total amount of how much is in the tank right now. So I might pass it fuel being set to five, and it will pass back to me fuel equal to 17. So I can infer that there was 12 gallons in the tank because I just added five and I now have 17. But the idea here is I have in this case a single variable that it is set to something meaningful on the way in and it has been reset to something meaningful on the way out. OK? 
Okay. Now, could I have rewritten my swap driver method to employ a similar mechanism where I pass in the name, age, and years driving, and it takes that and then resets those variables to the old information. Yeah, I could have written the code that way. It's just two different design decisions I made to illustrate different methods of parameter passing. So I have importing, I have exporting, and, and I have changing. Questions? Okay, now we get to the rest of the story. A method may be defined to return a single value using pass by by value. Okay, so I have really a, a fourth mechanism, but it's not considered a parameter passing mechanism, although it's very closely akin to it. I'm going to add a method called get miles per gallon. Notice that's one of the, the um, attributes where my, my class here is going to keep track of the miles per gallon. So the method get miles per gallon, I'll just type it and then I will explain it. Returning value mpg type, and it just so happens here I actually have a type here associated with that mpg type mpg type. So what's going on here? In this situation, I can call the getMPG method. I do not pass it any values. But it returns to me the value of miles per gallon. So, not going to draw the wheelbarrow here, but if, if we stick with my boxes metaphor here. Okay, so here's importing, which I would do well to spell correctly, importing. Okay, here's the method, and, and here's, here's, we'll just call it outside of the method. Okay, so importing, the idea is I load up data in a box, and I send it to the method, and it's going to unpack that data and, and use it in some way. Okay? This is importing. Exporting is I have a box, which this box is going to have to have a name, so it's going to have a, you know, this is actually going to be a variable. And over here, what's going to happen is the method is going to put data in that box and send it back to me. That's exporting. Changing, I have a box and I put, we'll say, D1 in the box and I send it to the method and it does something with D1, puts D2 back in the box and then sends it back to me. I probably should have two different lines there. Uh, so maybe to make it clear, it should look like this. D1 comes in, and then that same box, D2 gets put in and gets sent back. But it's the same box. I'm, I'm uh, recycling here. 
that's changing. With me so far? Okay, returning. It's no box. It's going to take data and send it back to me. And I'm going to catch it on my end. But I didn't ship it a box. And if we think about this like ordering something from Amazon, changing would be like I, I put something in an Amazon box, mail it to them. They swap the contents of that box and mail the box back to me. Returning is I say I want something and they put that in the box and ship it to me. I didn't have to send them the box to begin with. Okay. So these are the four different ways that we pass data to a method or get data back from a method. And believe it or not, the actual writing of the code in the method is pretty easy. It's just the logic of the parameter passing and getting the parameter passing mode correct that, that tends to be the most potentially confusing here. Questions? Okay, so notice a couple of things here. Notice on my PowerPoint slide it says, a method may be defined to return a single value using pass by value, okay? Uh, this is specified by listing returning value in the interface, and I showed you that in a, a moment ago. But notice that this returning parameter passing here always has to be passed by value. So what I am getting back is, is a, a copy of what that is, okay? So it's just part of our syntax. We have to remember, whenever I specify a returning uh, item, it's always listed as returning value because that's what I'm going to have happen here. So you'll notice my get mpg says returning value mpg. Questions? Yes, sir. No. If I have a method that employs the returning mechanism, I cannot use exporting and changing. Okay? This is, these are just going to be rules. You're just going to have to like check the slide to make sure you do this right in your coding until you get used to this. But the idea is, I have data that I want to get back from a method. How am I going to get it back? Well, I can get it back by telling it to return things to me, or I could give it back by telling it to export or change data. And what this rule says is that if you are going to use the returning value mechanism, then you cannot employ changing or exporting as parameter passing mechanisms. The return operation, when we start writing the code here, is not done with an explicit return statement. I believe Java does this where when you want to return a value, you just put return and a value. I know C and C++ does that. That's not the way we do it in ABOP. What we will do 
is we assign a value to the name of the data object listed in the returning statement. So this right here says that the data object is MPG. So MPG will be set to a value somewhere in this get MPG function. And then the function will come to an end and whatever the value is of that data object is what's going to be sent back. We do not have a return statement in, in ABOP. A method that has a return value is called a functional method. Unlike other methods, functional methods can be called within other statements. So what does that mean? Let me put this, I'll do it on notepad here um, to show you what I'm talking about here. Let's assume that we had, well, we have an example of this. We have um, we have get mpg, okay? What this is saying is that somewhere else, and I'm not going to show you this in strict, in strict ABOP code, but I could do this if, and what was my method called get mpg? Um, I could do this if get mpg, and this is pseudocode, this is not the way this would actually look, but I could do this, if get mpg um, less than 18, write bad gas mileage. Okay, so if I have a method that employs the returning option, I can do something like this. I can call a method and this is going to say call the get mpg method, take the value it returns to me and in this case evaluate it, see if it's less than 18. I could also do this, um, uh, uh, my car mpg equals get mpg. Okay, this is pseudocode, but you get the idea here. The, a functional method is one that I call it and it returns a value to me and I, I catch it in some way in the logic of my program. Now we said that a functional method cannot have changing parameters and it cannot have exporting parameters, but it can have importing parameters. And so let me show you an example of code something like you probably have seen before. If square root of x is greater than 7, okay, write out whatever, okay? So this pseudocode right here is illustrative of the fact that I can call a method, pass it in this case a variable x which has been set to some value and it's going to give me back the square root. Okay, so this is what's called a, a functional method in ABOP. But the only way that I can use a functional method is I have a returning statement and I can only pass it variables if I elect to that are, are importing in their type. There's no way for it to employ a changing uh, data object here or exporting. Questions? Now we will write lots of code, but obviously we do not um, have time to do much of that today. Returning requires specific typing. If an incomplete type is desired, uh, declare a local user-defined type to allow. 
So you'll notice that I did that actually in my definition here of MPG. This is actually a user-defined data type here. And so that is a requirement there in most instances of using returning. So let's look at one more slide and, and then we will be done for today. So this is a mythical method, but one that shows kind of a, a fully elaborated set of options here. Method one is importing two variables. It's going to export one and it's going to change another. Perfectly fine. Method two, I'm illustrating, it uses the returning value mechanism. So the only thing it could have would be an importing data object. This is, to my, to my assessment, the most challenging thing we cover all semester. And it's also why a lot of traditional procedural ABAP programmers don't get object-oriented programming. Maybe now you can empathize with them a little bit because they start looking at all this and they're like, this is very different than what we have done so far. But believe me when I say, once you get the parameter passing nailed, everything else is easy in ABAP objects. But the parameter passing and knowing which to use when and what options are available, that's the bear. And so that's what we will undoubtedly, I'm going to guess, spend another week or so talking about and writing code for. But that will have to happen when we get together next week.